Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. So hey guys, what's going on? I'm your host Colin Zhu, and welcome to a bonus episode of Thrive Bites. I'm here with my lovely, lovely friend, Dr. Connie Nguyen. Um, we go way, way back. We do. Uh, we go way, way back. Um, actually, I usually address her by uh, her nickname CJ. You know, that's how we knew each other growing up. Um, so thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? Great. Thank you for having me. And, uh, <laughs> we're going to introduce ourselves and just kind of get you a little bit of insight of, you know, how we know each other. Um, so why don't you address to the audience, you know, who you are, um, and, uh, we'll get into it. So, uh, my name is Dr. Connie Wynn. I, uh, have a practice in Freehold. Uh, I'm a general dentist that focuses on mainly cosmetic and implantology. Awesome. And uh, for those, you know, I'm, you know, obviously Colin Zhu, you know, your host. Um, and how, you know, let's get into it. I mean, how far back do we, you know, know each other? I think we go pretty far back. You may be one of my oldest friends. You mm -hmm. know, um, we've been friends since uh, high school, freshman year. It just so happens we were just in, I guess, every class in high school and through college. And, uh, I think that's why we all beca we became such good friends is because I couldn't get rid of you. <laughs> can't, can't, can't get rid of me. Can't get rid of me. And, you know, there's a lot to say about that because, you know, you and I, you know, we met um, offline um, as well. And we just kind of, you know, reunited with a couple of our other, you know, friends as well. Another childhood friend that goes as far back, um, I think it's the sixth grade, you know, yeah, um, to yeah. really give people a timeline. And when you know someone for that long, um, it really, um, uh, it, it speaks to the kind of relationship, yes, you know, that yes, yeah. people can have. And when you compare and contrast that to relationships that we have virtually, you know, versus like acquaintances, family, friends, um, things like that, and family members, it, it could speak to how deep you know, a relationship can go. And, um, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about relationships. Um, and this is very, very unique for me, you know, to have you on, but also to have, you know, our friendship just kind of blossom over the years. And, you know, we've, you know, had a lot of, a lot of, you know, good times and, you know, also uh, interesting times as well. So yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and I think the older we get, I think we realize like our oldest friends are, uh, I think the most valuable um, at that re reunion we had was probably one of the mo my most memorable nights in, in a long time because there is like a certain comfort when you meet a friend that you've been friends with for so long that you can you can be yourself and like, they've known you when you were making you know when you were awkward when you were um, at uh, when you're still figuring yourself out because that's what high school was right and so now even like the friendships that we we are making from day to day it's it's a lot harder to kind of like develop that kind of like deeper relationship where you can just you know throw down the politeness and just 
tell each other like it is. Right. And, um, and it's very valuable because life is, you know, no one's guaranteed tomorrow, right? And so uh, it's, it's nice to just have good friends around still. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things about our relationship that I love was the fact that, you know, throughout that time, um, you know, we would go months without talking, but our friendship was so strong to the point where, you know, we could just pick up where we left off. That's right. That's right. And I just, I just would, would be like, Colin, what country are you in now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And no, I, I mean, that, that is a common thing that I get, you know, um, you know, not to, you know, uh, whatever, but I, I'm, I, professionally, I would travel all over the place. Right. And then personally, I love to travel. So it's a common question that most people would ask me. So, and come and, and the question I would always ask you is like, you know, what are you doing? What kind of trouble you're getting yourself into? You know, where are you at with your kids? You know, your husband, things like that. And, you know, we sought, um, you know, very different lives, you know, and that's what's made us, you know, happy and content, you know, and that contributed to us being, you know, really good friends and, you know, to this day. So again, you know, I appreciate you spending the time and, um, you know, just to chat and reminisce. So yeah, I've, it's, it's always nice to catch up sure. <laughs> on camera in front of every millions of viewers. I know, seriously. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of times people put a lot of effort into their romantic relationships. Um, what they don't realize is that the, your friendships are just as important and they need just as much cultivating and nurturing to kind of, you know, grow and build to become like a, like a, a long time uh, relationship. Have you ever read the book, uh, The Five Love Languages by I Gary have. Chapman? Yeah. I think I, I thought it was a very interesting book. Obviously, you know, popularly it's it's geared towards you know romantic relationships, but I think it also applies for family and platonic relationships as well. So, what are you your what are your top two love languages? I, I I think I only have I think I took the test and it was I was just uh, quality time across the board. Quality time. Yeah. 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 So is mine. Um, quality time is my number one. And I would say a very, very close second would be physical touch. So, yeah. so I love, you know, in a platonic sense is, you know, hugging and kissing and things like that. Um, obviously we're in a pandemic, so we can't right. you know, go about doing that. So, um, and just for, you know, you know, we've all been screened and tested and stuff before we came on this interview. Um, so yeah, so I just really appreciate that. So, um, yeah, so I wanted to share with your audience, I, I guess one of, uh, you know, a story so they kind of know who you were. So Colin was our, uh, I don't want to use the word dorky. We were all dorky. But <laughs> we were all just trying to be doctors in high school. But um, you especially, you were, you were always a hard worker. And we would just always mess with you. And we would be like, Colin, <laughs> did you hear about that pop quiz? And we would just like watch you freak out. Wait, what kind of pop quiz? It was, is that? It was like a Spanish pop quiz, I think. Yeah, that, we're in yeah. the same Spanish class That's right. together. All right, and uh, just have you just go panic and leave lunch and go study. And it was, <laughs> and we did it so many times, and you never caught on. <laughs> no, sometimes I would be like that serious, and you, I'm just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> And in a lot of respects, I'm still like that. Um, still carrying, you know, that, you know, day forward, um, or that, you know, behavior, you know, forward. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's nice. We were talking a lot about friendship and how, you know, you need that support system to kind of, you know, let yourself, you know, relax and, and all that. My memory of you, um, one of my favorite memories of you, um, 
you know, we were talking about this with our friend, uh, friend Chayden, uh, who's, you know, another friend that kind of we grew up with as well. We did a lot of pickup basketball games, you know. So for, you know, I'm going to I'm going to say this. So CJ, you know, my so I knew her as CJ. That's her nickname growing up. And uh, she CJ never was physical like like she you hated. Was it because you dreaded or you hated exercising? But she was never physical to any sense of the degree. But we played a lot of pickup basketball games um, in your uh development area where your parents are you know what it's, it's not that i wasn't physical i think i found exercise to be repetitive and mundane but sports was always something that i still play i still play like recreational volleyball now but it's that's real exercise to me like running on a treadmill I mean, I, I can't get into it. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you're right about that. <laughs> but yeah, those basketball games on the streets were yeah. a ton of fun. And the re reason why I bring that up is because like it was, you know, our lives were so simple, you know, yeah. um, you know, you have kids now and they're two beautiful, you know, girl and a boy. And, uh, you know, and most of the kids that grow up in our age in our virtual social media age right now, it's like, you know, their lives are a little bit more complex, you know, um, and our lives were a lot simpler, you yeah. know. Um, I was mentioning the other night when we got together was how I just had to memorize people's landline numbers. You know, do you remember memorizing, oh, you know? Yes, yes. I remember even calling 1-800-COLLECT uh, from a payphone, but mm -hmm. you would do it so it's like, call me back at this number, da da da, da you know? <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't have quarters or whatever at the time. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember your parents' uh, landline? I do they do. even still have a landline? We still have a landline, but I still remember my old house uh, when we moved from um, or my uncle's house. I still remember that landline. But yeah, things have changed. I think uh, for children growing up, it's it's different because um, now that as a mother, I, I want my kids to have like that, that same kind of memory where they're making amazing friends and they're playing in the streets and coming home when I call them for dinner. But it, it doesn't seem like that anymore. It yeah. seems more organized sports, which, uh, you know, I'm figuring it out as I go. This is just modern day parenting and what it entails. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Hopefully they'll make, you know, they'll make great friendships like we did. And, um, and we talked about how important that is. So hopefully that's something my kids will grow up with as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so one yeah. of the things I, one of the main reasons why we're here is um, I love, love, love the fact that, so this is a show, you know, Thrive Bites for those who don't know. Um, is, you know, we talk about plant-based living. We talk about, you know, developing our emotional wellness and building up emotional resilience. And we talk a lot about thriving, right? So what I love about having you on is I really want to kind of talk about, you know, your story on how you got into plant-based, you know, the lifestyle, the approach, and it just happened. It, it kind of happened happenstance. Right? So, How excited were you when I called you and I said, <laughs> give, give the audience members, um, you know, an idea of, you know, how you got into it. You know, what was the step-by-step -step into it? Um, so let's start with the, the story first. Okay. So, you know, that I've always been uh, a big supporter of every endeavor that you, you know, um, expand to, uh, you know, your book, and then you had a podcast as what is he coming out with next, but I support each and every one. So I started listening to your podcast. You're like a proud parent. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, Colin. <laughs> no, stop messing up here. So um, I started listening to your podcast. And uh, I think you, it was one episode where you had on uh, the plant trainer. So I guess I, I give them a shout out. Um, 
and they were talking about it, the episode was relatable because I think the uh, the gentleman was talking about how he was doing it for his kids, you know, and, and as a parent, you kind of relate to other parents that, you know, you want to be around for your kids because, uh, you know, your kids need you to you know, live as long as possible. Um, and so I was, I think they were talking about how, you know, he had gone to the doctor, he had a couple of ailments um, and he went completely plant-based. And when he returned back to the doctor, all the numbers were reversed, you know, and, and at first I was kind of like, all right, this sounds anecdotal. I mean, we're coming from like a, a science background, right? Everything has to be research-based, you know, um, and it can't be just from like one uh, personal ha- personal account uh, of what happened. And so I was like, okay, this that sounds intriguing. And, uh, you know, for the longest time, uh, you know, I've, I've had vegetarian friends and most of them did it for animal rights, which I respect. Um, I never you know, I never thought that they were actually, I never believed that it it had health benefits, let's mm-hmm. put it that way. I don't think that the health benefits uh, is even still commonly believed right now, being the health benefits of being plant-based, which is really great that you're really trying to get the word out there. Mm-hmm. I read some crazy statistic that like, I think uh, it was like only a few years ago, 1% of the population was like vegan. Um, and now it's at maybe like, you know, six percent, which is still a very, very small percentage. Um, so anyway, I I looked up uh, what the health benefits are uh, to being plant based, and I was shocked. What did you What did you find? It was It was like you know, cut your risk of heart disease in half, cut your rans- cancer risk in half. You know, these are like longitudinal studies, mm-hmm. and that's profound. Mm-hmm. You know, this was not something that was um, talked about. You know, we we were taught from when I remember going. You know from physiology, health and physiology class in, in, at, in college. And they were saying that, you know, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be lacking in protein here, nutrients here, you know? So I, I kind of wrote it off. Um, and then when I spoke to you, you told me to watch the game changers on Netflix. And that was really what did it for me. Cause I was like, it really broke it down. Um, even then I was still a little skeptical because you can't, you can't believe everything you read, everything you see. right? Right. So I was like, let me just try this. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu, AKA the chef doc. I just want to take a few moments of your time to talk to you about something, something that I feel needs to give reflection and pause for. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, I've been on the self-work journey for a decade now. And I remember in my personal experiences uh, through my doctor's journeys and also from traveling the world, I was always searching for the next step or thinking that happiness was a destination. However, it's not. What I found instead was that life was a process. And learning about life was also a process and a practice. And that the state of happiness and the state of joy and contentment was also a practice. For those of you who don't know, since I don't share that much on my podcast, is that I actually battle with anxiety, OCD, and in the past, episodes of depression. However, little by little, step by step, after seeking extra help, 
I've been able to achieve monumental things in my life that I've been eternally grateful for. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. A couple of reviews. This is by Rebecca Raymer. Becky has literally saved my life by truly understanding me. She has given me self-talk strategies and different thought pattern exercises that have made me stronger and a more aware person. I am so, so grateful to have found her. I've been to so many different therapists and none have helped me like Becky has. This is another review for Adam Johnson. I've had counselors before, both on BetterHelp and in person through work. And Adam, by far, is the best counselor I've ever talked with. I feel like he actually listens to and what is going on. He asks questions to help you navigate your thoughts. And you can tell that he is listening and wants you to help you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1.4 million people taking charge of their mental state with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Thrive Bite listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc. T-H-E-C-H-E-F-D-O-C. Thank you for listening, guys, and back to the episode. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. What, what do I have to lose, you know? Yeah, even before I even recommended that, because you had took the initiative of doing it on your own. So after you you called me up and, you know, uh, we were just actually, you didn't call me up specifically. You We just had one of those catch-up phone calls of, you know, just us catching up as friends. And then you just told me that, hey, I listened to one of your past episodes um, with this couple and um, I started, you know, getting into it. Right. And then uh, and then you said something that really stuck with me. What, what did you say by like the second day? You know, you switched up everything and it was um, profound, I guess, mm. uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, I felt the results almost instantaneously. So I'm, I'm a working mom. So it, it's it's known that when you're a working mom, you're tired, you're chronically tired. And so I just accepted it that, you know, this is how it is. You know, I work and then I come home to my real job, which is, you know, <laughs> uh, sleepless nights. And, you know, I have two kids, um, age four and two. So they, they need a lot of attention. They're not sleeping through the night. Um, my younger, my younger one isn't. And so I, you know, I was in a complete utter state of just chronic fatigue. And I just accepted it as normal because you see the... And you love being a mother, not yeah, not to say that... But you just push through. Um, but I will tell you, it was within days of me starting just to cut out like um, meat. Uh, 
I was like, oh, I, I don't actually need to nap when they nap because, you know, that's what I would do just to kind of catch a break when they were sleeping. I would just take a little uh, nap myself. Um, it was very inefficient because I felt like that during that time I could be, you know, doing a load of laundry, cleaning up the house, uh, making phone calls, running errands. Um, but I, I just needed that break because I was so exhausted. So you would take a nap for like how long? Oh, like two hours in a day. Like it was a requirement. Two hours. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like it was required. Like I, so you would nap as long as they would nap? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so as soon as I started doing it, it was like, I had like this burst of energy. Um, and I didn't, I, I felt like the naps were not as required, I mm -hmm. guess. And uh, I would come home from work at seven o'clock at night. You know, this is usually when sometimes you, you push your kids to bed because you just need to sit down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that sometimes there's like a little certain mom guilt that comes with that because you feel like you, you, they haven't seen you all day. They want to play with you. And all you want to do is just kind of like get them to bed so you can just rest for a little bit. But then I'm t it was unbelievable. I would come home and I'd be like, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's do a quick craft together before bath time. Yeah. And that alone is, enough of a reason to, to do this, you know? And so I've been, I've been uh, pretty much on this, you know, everyone around me was like, all right, let's see how, how long you keep this up for. Cause it is, it's not easy. So before that, you know, you know, besides taking naps, you know, other people would, you know, drink like energy drinks, yes, low, right. many cups of coffee. Oh, like, yeah. did you have any other type of stimulants, you know, yeah. to kind of get you through the day? So um, my coffee, coffee was definitely, um, I don't really like to drink coffee because I'm prone to getting like heart palpitations from coffee. Mm -hmm. But then when you're so tired and you need to function at work, you, you do it, you give in, and then you deal with the heart palpitations later. So mm -hmm. this is like... This so like, you're a little bit more sensitive with it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so with this, it was, uh, it was a life changer, mm -hmm. right? And um, I guess I, what I want your, your listeners to know is that at the very least, like do it for your family, you mm -hmm. know? Do it so you are like in a better mood when you're around them. Do it so that you have more energy to play with your kids, you know? Um, so that, that's, that's the main reason, uh, yeah. and that's how it started. It's been a while now, uh, and I think everyone around me was like, how long are you gonna keep up this, this up? This up <laughs> you know? how, how, how long is the, the, the charade going yeah. on? Yeah. And the, and I haven't stopped. I haven't stopped because you're, you're almost kind of like, uh, you almost get addicted to it because as soon as I make that cucumber, tomato, avocado salad, I know I'm going to have a burst of energy right after that. <laughs> I mean, that sounds crazy, right? Uh -huh. um, um, but yeah, so I, I've, I've kept up with it. And uh, I also wanted to tell, how, to tell how, you. How many, how many days has it been? It was, uh, I want to say I started beginning of August. Beginning of August. Yeah. And we're currently recording couple of days before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So that's, uh, so that's one, two, three, almost four months. Yeah. Right. And, um, when I, when I got the call, you know, I thought it was just going to be a 30 day experience, right. you know what I'm saying? Um, so just as a reminder for those of you guys who are tuning in, you know, um, what we're talking about is a whole foods plant-based, you know, approach. And we were actually talking about this off camera, um, that, you know, what are the differences between a whole foods plant-based approach versus, you know, vegan and being vegetarian. And, you know, I broke it down for her, you know, in, in a way where. Right. Cause I'm foods, still very new at this. Yeah. So I'm still like very novice at exactly. this. So I simplify it, you know, how I would speak to, you know, a patient of mine or, you know, a very close friend where, you know, it's really, you know, eating as close to mother nature as possible. Yes. Um, you know, if it's not grown out of a vine off of a tree 
or you know out of the ground you know your best bet is to kind of minimize it and it's a plant predominant approach where you're filled with you know vegetables fruits whole grains beans lagoons nuts seeds and you're minimizing if not avoiding uh, refined processed um, foods um, and also you know uh, heavy heavy in fats as well um, so and that's comparatively different than vegan because you know you know, you're not entirely devoid of you know, animals, which is what vegan is. And, you know, being a little bit more extreme than that, you know, you're also not wearing animal products, you know, as well. Um, and then vegetarianism is, you know, you can be, you know, eating a lot of, you know, uh, plants, but also incorporating eggs, like oval, you know, vegetarianism or pescatarian, where you're just incorporating fish and things like that. So there are differences, you know, and so you decided to go, you know, as plant-based as possible. So, you know, because, you know, what my question is, because we're both Asian, right? What was, you know, growing up Asian like, you know, in terms of the food? Like, did you, you know, for me growing up, it was very balanced. So it wasn't like very American where it's very heavy in meat and very heavy in starch and carbs and things like that. You know, the Chinese, you know, were very balanced in having equal portions of vegetables, fish, meats, you know, things like that. So I grew up, you know, more balanced. What was it growing up? I mean, I think we, we ate traditional Vietnamese food. Uh, and, and I think the, the biggest, um, uh, ailment, uh, or the biggest killer, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, disease, condition, illness. I think, uh, I grew up eating, you know, your traditional white rice. Um, pho is, you know, rice noodles for the most part. And it, it is, Still to today, I cannot get my father to eat brown rice. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, you can't change, you know, teach an old dog new tricks, right? Uh, but they don't realize that it's the, the white bread, the white rice, it, it's, it spikes your blood sugar. So diabetes is a huge issue uh, in the Asian community. But I will tell you, it's, uh, the, that's probably one of the, the hardest challenges by going plant-based. Is, is, is the people around you to kind of come on board? No, it's not being able to eat traditional Vietnamese food. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think more of the, the challenge in general is finding um, alternatives to it. Right. Still get the same flavor, but right. doing it in an alternative way. I mean, you can be, you know, creative in that sort of sense. And my father's the same way. I mean, so how we transition as a family over the years, because, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't think like I, you know, I was healthy for most of my life. I mean, you know, I actually, you know, I grew up in the States, right? Um, you know, you, you were born in Vietnam and you emigrated around was, six, or, or around six, right? And so, you know, I grew up eating all the fast food chains, Pizza Hut, McDonald's, and, you know, things like that. And then as a family, we actually became healthier around, I would probably say when I start, started going into medical school and I started learning right. um, all the stuff and, ha and, and the policy and the lack, and I say this a lot on the podcast where, you know, you don't, you're, you don't get tr trained enough, you don't get educated enough. And, you know, we'll speak about, you know, what your experience was like, you know, in dental school, whether you got that or not. Um, and, you know, that's what I started to learn and that's how our family shifted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like I used to drink three glasses of milk a day you know and i stopped in like oh nine you know um and then you know because our meals were just very balanced you know it was easier for me to shift you know so i wanted to bring up 
this one picture that you posted. Um, so back to what you were saying is that you only change your diet as soon as you got educated about the things we were putting into our bodies. Mm -hmm. um, and you posted something that was really profound. Um, I should probably just stick it in my fridge. But it said, I'm going to get this quote wrong, but um, the food industry mm -hmm. treats us without any regard for our health. And then the health industry treats us without any regard for the food that we eat. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's so true. And, and if you want, you can explain to the viewers um, what that actually means. But the way I took it is the food industry wants to make that meat more tender, more fat, mm -hmm. you know, more tasty, because then there's it results in profit, mm -hmm. right? So they're pumping it with hormones and steroids and things that aren't natural, obviously. Um, and then we get sick mm -hmm. and then you have these pharmaceutical companies who are, uh, who create the, the right. therapeutics right. to combat it. That's right. That's right. And we'll, we'll get to that and how it relates to dentistry, uh, in a little bit. Um, but that's, that's, it's like this like vicious cycle that we're in and we don't even realize that we're a prisoner in it. Right. Like if we drive down the street, we're hungry. It's impossible, <laughs> impossible to find food to table, um, a, a dish, right. a food to table dish, right? And so you're going to find Wendy's, you're going to find McDonald's because... You mean farm the table. Do you mean farm the table? I'm sorry, farm the table. Yeah. Can you edit that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but you mean farm the table, from meaning the, like, you know, from like the from the ground and, you know, presented minimal, to your table. Yeah. Minimal, to table. yes, minimal intervention to your table. Leaving out a lot of the middleman. You, you'll find Wendy's, you'll find uh, McDonald's. You'll find things that are made to taste good and done quickly. It's the convenience factor. It's the convenience factor. And if you have convenience, people will come, you yeah. know, and uh, it's almost like we're set up to fail. Yes, mm. yes. And when you have that incentive, unfortunately, it it hurts all of us eventually. Right. As a as a as a population. Right. So um, now that you're aware, I'm, I'm glad that we are trying to spread the message that it's 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 a real thing. You know, it's a, it's a real um, epidemic that we are just trapped in this this uh situation that we hey guys we're gonna be taking a short break but don't go anywhere we'll be right back welcome back to thrive bites let's get back to the interview it's much harder to crawl out of. You know, that post is, you know, actually a repost from like a food tank in or organization and they just put it very eloquently, they're, you know, I would love to say they're my words, but they're not. But the point is, is like our top two killers of our nation is like heart disease and cancer. And if you, you know, a lot of, you know, these conditions are lifestyle related and up to 80% of it is preventable, you know, one, of them being which is what we put into our mouths, you know? So there's a lot of things like, you know, I could walk down the street and get hit by a car, right? So those are things out of our control, but there's a lot of things in our control, you know? Um, you know, what we put in our mouths, you know, what we smoke, what we, you know, whether how much we move or not, you know? So if we have the power to control that on our own, um, you know, let's focus on that, you know? So, um, so I really love the fact that you know, you took on this, you know, on your own, you took it on as an initiative on your own and you haven't really looked back. No, right. no. 
So. There's no going back now. So now that you're, you know, you're going into this, you know, uh, four months, you know, did, did you, did we ever talk about whether you kept a journal um, or not? Or it's more of just keeping how you felt like day to day? Colin, I don't even have time to think, let alone take a journal <laughs> with my kids. <laughs> Good point. Uh, no, I, I don't journal, but I will tell you that um, I was never a good cook. I never really enjoyed it. Um, I just felt like it took a lot of time away. You know, I, I was very limited on time, so I never, I never enjoyed it. I, I cooked to survive. You know, I cooked when I was hungry, mm -hmm. but I never enjoyed the. And you loved cooking, and um, but becoming plant based, you almost you're forced to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been cooking more. And the wonderful thing is, this is not. It's not like a easy journey. Um, it's a great journey, but it's not easy because it does have some challenges as far as like finding um, finding those alternatives to those meals that you really like. You know, like I, I'm I'm eating things that I never even knew existed. Hearts of palm. Have you ever had hearts of palm? Mm -hmm. Tastes just like fish. <laughs> <laughs> Makes the best fish taco uh, alternatives. Um, but I'm enjoying cooking more because I know that once uh, once I make this meal, I'm going to feel so good after. So you're you're cooking. But you feel good after it's like that motivation um to do it more right whereas before if you cook a steak you know all right well i, I ate i'm not hungry anymore but now i'm like i just want to take a nap yeah right exactly so um my husband likes it the kids like it and uh we're, we're, we're doing really well with it that's good that's good so i'm curious uh what did your husband bill is not you know, he's not plant-based. He wasn't vegan or vegetarian before that. He ate like everything. What was his, what was his reaction? Um, like how far along were you doing this before he picked it up or did you tell him like from the get-go? Um, yes. Yeah, so and what was his reaction after yes. that? He's more like, um, yeah, meat and potatoes kind of guy, right. you know, but I made him watch the uh, the game changers, and he was like, "Okay, you know, this makes sense." You know, he's he's also a health professional, so he he gets it. But he knows that it's not easy, you know. But he eats what I cook, and uh, and he enjoys it. He can't tell, so I guess. Uh, <laughs> was he surprised like when you were in the kitchen more often? Oh, he's just like, I feel like I got a new wife. <laughs> I mean, it's. <laughs> So, so yeah, so I'm not hearing any complaints on his end because if you do it right, um, there's some great recipes uh, out there. If you do it right, you can't tell that you're, you know, I think everybody thinks you, we just eat salads all day. Right, exactly. Um, food is bland, but um, there are some alternatives out there that really taste like, um, can taste like meat. I'm not, I'm not talking about the Impossible Burger or anything like that. I'm talking about plant-based foods that, you know, can really substitute and make, food tastes good and make you feel good. And that's really all we want. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I know, I mean, everyone's in, uh, individual experience is going to be different, right? So for me, uh, when I transitioned, I transitioned a little bit after my marathon in, um, uh, how many years has it been? 
what year are we in? 2026 years, 2014. And what I found was, you know, I've learned the research, I read up on the science and studies and things like that. But what was more in my own experience was like when I was training, you know, I became, it, it, it was harder, you know, I, you know, with meat, with dairy, you know, I became more bloated, more, uh, you know, just, just swollen in a sense. And training and recovery was a lot harder for me. So when I switched, I noticed for me, you know, it was a little bit more s subtle. Um, for you, it was a little bit more dramatic um, of a change. Um, but, you know, my recovery started getting better, you know. Um, but I, I, I reason why I bring up the family members is because, you know, especially when I talk to my patients, in order for an individual person to be successful, you know, depending on what their health goals are, it's their social circles that influence that, right? So let's just say you have someone that wants to quit smoking or you're, you know, counseling someone to stop a certain, you know, habit of theirs so their, their teeth are not breaking down. When they go back to their family members or social circles, it's a lot harder if they kept, keep negatively reinforcing that. So that's the reason why I bring, you know, them, them up. What about the rest of your, you know, family members and friends? Like, I don't know if like, like what happens when you go out? You know, before COVID. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's the thing. I haven't had too many challenges because I haven't gone out. And so cooking at home is a lot more feasible because we're just home all the time. Right. So that's right. You did start, you know, yeah. during COVID. That's so. right. So I haven't met those challenges yet. But hopefully by then, um, uh, because this is like a journey, I think I'm only going to get more efficient with it. Um, right now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still figuring it out. Uh, but hopefully I'll know more uh, when I do go out I'll be more prepared as to what to order or you know maybe just be more aware of the restaurants that actually are plant-based uh, things like that it's like joining like a this underground club that, sh that shouldn't be underground really no no and actually to bring back the the point about the research and stuff um you know we we've actually you know the first first literature that actually proved um, you know, without a shadow of a doubt that it can actually reverse heart disease. It's the only diet shown oh, to I reverse heart disease. That was back in 1990, I you know what I'm saying? And it's just funny how it's not headline news, you know, like COVID right now, like what? We're close to what, 250 deaths right now? Like this is the, the recording right now is in near uh, before Thanksgiving, you know, and that's, you know, since like March. Heart disease, we kill upwards to 700,000 a year from heart disease alone, every single year, right? But the reason why I think about heart disease and I think about COVID is because COVID is a very rapid, contagious, you know, spreader. And, you know, when you get sick, you get sick pretty quickly. Whereas heart disease, cancer, it's slow. You know, you need to build up years for those arteries to clog, for that inflammation and those cancer cells to like, you know, break down your system before you actually get sick and eventually pass away, yeah. right? So it's not of a immediate effect when people, you know, eat, you know, if they want to, you know, eat something better or, you know, um, you know, move better, you know, there's no immediate effect. So there's no immediate gratification. So it's a lot harder for people to kind of, you know, take on. So, yeah. I mean, I believe, I will wholeheartedly believe all those things because, um, I read, I read the research and I also think, uh, that the, the plant-based diet is probably doing more for our health than can be measured. You know, it's, it's not just right now it's, it's heart disease. It's cancer. That's what's everyone on everyone's mind. Um, but 
you know, as far as boosting energy, boosting our good mood, um, I read something because uh, my, my mother suffers from um, high cholesterol. And uh, I just read recently that high cholesterol is linked to dementia. Mm -hmm. And by lowering your cholesterol, you're cutting your risk of dementia. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just indirect relationships everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the research will start coming out and hopefully this will become a, not just a trend, but something that's, that's, you know, that's going to change uh, the whole food industry. Yeah. yeah. And I think it is. I mean, you know, we've had a very roller coaster ride of, uh, you know, election season. But the re reason why I use that analogy is because we can vote you know, by our forks, you know, or for us as chopsticks. <laughs> but my point is, is, you know, when you don't want something, you know, you just don't buy it. Right. And that actually is a vote. That's a signal for lower, you know, demand and basic, you know, economics. You know, it's like when you don't, when there's less demand of something, you know, those people are going to be like, you know what, we're going to have to shift or else we're going to go out of business. So. Hey guys, don't forget, there's a part two to this. Stay tuned. Hey guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you liked that episode, please subscribe and follow for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.